Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 566, recorded live on August 4th, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who has no idea what's going on with his computer, Dave Play. Hey, hi. And the man who once again was trying to do IT work over the phone, Andy Lowe. Hi. I mean, I have some idea of what's going on with my computer. Like, I know a lot about what's going on inside my computer. I dare say I may know more about what's going on inside of my computer than you do. Well, yes, because I'm basically trying to do IT work. I love when people call me up there like, there's a problem with my computer. and be like, okay. <laughs> so what would you like me to do? You're calling me up on the phone. So, Andy, what I need you to do is come out here and troubleshoot my audio settings. <laughs> uh, are you going to pay for my mileage? Uh, what's the rate? 55 cents a mile. So 55 cents a mile and it's what, like 250 miles? Yeah, that's, so that'd be round trip. So so 400 miles. Mm-hmm. That's 200 bucks. Yeah. I'd pay for a train ticket. It would be cheaper. The train stops in Kalamazoo, right? Yes. Kalamazoo, Madison, and track. <laughs> uh, right, I forgot that. What? Well, the, the train doesn't stop in, in Madison. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so, like, the, the <laughs> train would take you to Chicago, and then you'd have to get on a bus and take the bus from... Uh, where? This is... No, it's taking me to, like... That's not what I want. I want Amtrak's website. I, I'm now committed. I want to know how much would it cost to get you out here on a train? Well, let's leave tomorrow because leaving tonight, it's... Oh, jeez, oh, Pete. What? You know, this is ridiculous. All right, hold on. I'm going to Madison, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin's stop. There's two yeah, of them. Two adults and one infant, free with paying adult. Uh, adult and adult... I'm assuming that it's it's the three of you coming out. Sure, yes. Fine trains and 152 bucks. <laughs> so it is indeed cheaper. It's just five and a half hours of travel. I've got seven hours, eight hours here. How are you getting eight hours? Um, oh, I'm, well, I'm not counting the layover. Well, yeah, but the layover is... <laughs> From three to six at yeah. Union Station. Three-hour layover in Chicago? Mm-mm. With an infant. Nope. nope. Well, okay, hang on, hang on. Just to point out, it's three hours in Chicago at Union Station. That's A, not at... And at three in the afternoon. It's not like you're doing a three-hour layover from, like, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., which I've done and kind of sucks. Cause I told every you about th- my, my trip back from L.A., right? Yep, I'm sure yeah. you have. Yeah, everything in, in that area closes at 8. Yeah, I know. And I thought, you know what? It's a train station. It's going to be open 24-7. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Nope, nope, it's not. Nope, nope. I found a, uh, a 24-hour Greek restaurant near the University of Chicago. Yep. Hung out there for a bit, got some food, and then uh, some of us just kind of hung outside. <laughs> yeah. And the homeless guys came by and were like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like waiting for a train. You know, there's better places to... I mean, the homeless people feel sorry for you. Something is is wrong. Something, yeah. You you made a, a poor choice. Like, um, do you guys need some this blankets be, or something? Do you need some you I know, mean, pillows? I, I just want to point out, like, this. The, the sucky part would be the three hours, but at least you wouldn't have to do any driving. No, that's true. Wait a second. This is a... It's a bus? The second from, half. The second half is a bus. Yeah. Well, frick, if I'm taking... Oh, wait, no, because the Megabus doesn't stop in Kalamazoo. You'd have to go to where the Megabus stops. Which is around the corner, because I did that, you know. I've done that option as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't suppose there's a direct flight from Kalamazoo to Madison. You could probably, like, charter a plane. Actually, I wonder how much that would cost. Plane charter. Just a little plane, right? Like, it doesn't need to be big. Private air charter in Madison. How much would it cost? Quick quote. You know, wow, it would only take me six hours if I drove up and took the ferry over. (laughs) Yeah, but then I have to pick you up from uh, from, Milwaukee. I'd still have to drive up to Muskegon, and then I would drive from, take the ferry from Muskegon to Milwaukee, and then drive over to Madison. Yeah, and how much would that cost? I haven't figured out that part of it yet. Do you want to guess how much it costs for a single vehicle round trip on the Lake Express? Oh, it's probably, I'm guessing, 160 bucks. <laughs> Go look it up. 
Lake Express. All right, so that's the Milwaukee and Muskegon one. Rates, here we go. Rates for vehicles. Oh, 194. Oh, come on. I was close. I was off by Andy, 30. That's the car. Vehicle prices do not include the driver or any additional passengers. What the frack? <laughs> <laughs> Scroll up a little bit. Cat, classic cabin, round trip, 157. <laughs> it would cost $300 for the two of you, not including the car. Can't I just, you know, park my car next to the ferry and just ride it in the trunk? Nope. <laughs> Come on, I promise I won't oh. leave my vehicle. Oh. I'll just stay in my car. You, you won't can't. know that I'm there. You can't. You can't be in, in the, the vehicle deck. It's a liability issue. Gotta kidding. It actually sucks. It's why we, we don't do it when we've got Laz, because um, we would have to leave him, at least on the, I think on the Lake Express, you can take pets up to the top and you, you can spend time with them on deck. Uh, but the, the badger. badger, you have to leave the pets in the car. Oh. For a four-hour trip? Oh. Yeah. And, like, Laz doesn't do well in the car alone. Okay, so I could leave Kalamazoo, and uh, it would be about $400 round trip from Kalamazoo to uh, stop in O'Hare to Dane County Regional Airport, wherever the heck Dane County Regional Airport is. Oh, it's, it's like, um, it's a 15-minute drive from here. I actually just drove there yesterday to pick someone up. It's like a 20, 20-ish minute drive. Yeah, that would be three hundred eighty-five dollars round trip for for what? One, for one person it is three hundred eighty-five dollars, and that's from airport to airport. Airport to airport. That's not. I mean, that's that's a lot. It's it's less than taking the ferry. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Which is saying something when you can get a flight for cheaper than the ferry. Or I could pay the $200 for the mileage. Yep. Then I should also probably charge you my hourly rate. Plus gas. Plus gas, yep. That's a tank of gas. Yep. Uh, plus the toll roads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tolls. Forgot that, about that. That adds up to another, like, 10 bucks. I'm not paying for your food. Okay, okay. But if you're charging me for all of this, I'm charging you for lodging. <laughs> Screw that. I'll just stay at a Motel 6 around there somewhere, right? <laughs> uh, not this month, you're not. All right, what's going on this month? Well, right now is the uh, Madison CrossFit. Oh, that thing. Uh, then there's the Iron Man somewhere in August. Then there is uh, the users group meeting, Epic's UGM. So every hotel in a like 40 mile radius around Madison is booked solid. And somewhere around this time of year is the World Dairy Expo. Oh, wow. It's late this year. Never mind. World Dairy Expo is in October this year. Huh. Future Expo dates. I'm very curious. I don't know why I'm very curious, but I'm kind of f curious about, like, when is the World Dairy Expo? Well, they have it planned out until 2022. I don't know where to go from that. <laughs> I, I got I got nothing. Uh, you took us to the you took us to the fair, basically. And then we're just like, oh, yeah. So I am about to do that drive, by the way. Yes. Yes, you are. Actually puts into perspective when I know how much it costs. Yep. Yeah, no, the, the Lake Express is absurdly expensive. Otherwise, I'd be taking it. Like, we would, at, to, to go to the cabin? Yeah. Do you know how much time that cuts off to drive? Oh, yeah. And Laura's got um, um, prescription um, motion sickness stuff. Ah. And so it's, like, way better now. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the Badger fare as well. Yeah, it's a... Badger's a lot cheaper. Yeah. But... It, it's also like a long and uncomfortable trip. It's a four-hour cruise. It, cruise is putting it very, very nicely, sir. Oh, yeah, I know. It's it's four hours in an old boat. Yeah, although 180 bucks for two people in a car one way. I'd have to go all the way up to Manitowoc. That's the other part. Like, that drive is not a small drive. No, from Manison up to Manitowoc, no. There's not an easy way to get up there, is there? Uh, you cut east to 43. Okay. And then you just take 43 up. We did it a couple years ago, and what we did is we did, like, the really late night overnight one. Yeah. Um, and then got a cabin, and so we just slept the entire trip. That would make sense. 
Yeah, the one that departs. 9 p.m., I think. I think there's one that comes. Yeah, yeah, 8.45 oh, departs Manitowoc at 1.30 a.m.? Yeah, that, that was probably the one. You get into Ludington at 6.30 in the morning. Yep. Which kind of sucks, like, I'll, I'll admit. But we got a stateroom, which was, like, the size of a closet and just slept on the bed. What's their policy on pets? I'm looking that up, right? Pets. Are pets allowed for no additional charge? Animals may be kept in a well-ventilated portable kennel on the car deck or in the vehicle. No pets of any kind are allowed in any passenger areas. Yeah. And Coast Guard regulations require that uh, cars on a ferry have the windows up. Oh. Completely up. (coughs) So no ventilation in the car. It's almost like cruelty. I mean, you tell someone to go sit in a car that's turned off for four hours. Well, this one they're saying if animals are left in your vehicle, uh, windshield, sunscreens, and water bottles strongly recommended. And it is also recommended that owners roll down their windows slightly so your pet can get fresh air. Mm. Well, Lake Express says you can't do that. Uh, if you choose to put uh, yeah. If the animal is traveling inside the vehicle, be aware U.S. Coast Guard regulations require all windows remain rolled up for the duration of the trip. Well, the other one doesn't say that. Well... Someone's lying. I don't know what to tell you. That I'm not taking the boat. I've done it, right? I've, yes. I've, I've gotten to experience it. I did it. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of fun. Not doing it again. Not unless I come into way more money somewhere along the way. What is this monstrosity? Come here. What? Come here. Where Where is it? Hang on. So I'm on the Kinja Deal website, right? Okay. Like I, I, I just get Kinja Deal's uh this is evidently a thing and i'm kind of tempted that is a giant flamingo floater it also comes in unicorn that is a giant 10 foot tall gigantic colorful (laughs) rainbow party bird (laughs) i i wish i wish people could see this i will add this to the links because people should see this so if you're listening, go back to RAPodcast.net, and it's the link titled, You Should See This. There's no awning is the problem, so like, no. we'd all burn to a crisp. Yes, and we'd have to see about mooring this again. <laughs> no, man, no, we'll just bring some paddles. Oh, there's a giant peacock now, too. There's a giant peacock? Yes. Where's the peacock? Uh, oh, sure enough. Idea. Yeah. Pretty peacock. Yep. I, what the hell? Wow. The peacock is $200. That is a big floating peacock. Yep. Just wow. <laughs> okay. Should we How talk long about does topics? it take to inflate this? One of the guys says it took me closer to 40 minutes. With the high-powered inflation yeah. tool. Yeah. The other guy said it took me 25, but the thing overheated. Love it. <laughs> Love it, love it. Yeah. Well, here's a here's one with a canopy though. Floats up to six people for a hundred and seventy dollars. I'm kind of curious to see. Uh... <laughs> so, uh, here's here's the one that we we used to have, right? Yes. Take a look at the frequently bought together. Someone devised an anchor system. Oh, there we go. Twenty bucks. That's not bad. Yep. Granted, Although... I like my my cinder block and bungee cord. <laughs> I I remember that. I was going to say, for for a boat the size we were looking at, you might need like two of these. No, that thing, if you get it to dig in, will hold pretty steady. It also depends on how the waves are doing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, if you haven't pieced it together yet, folks, Andy and I are going to be heading over to the cabin on Lake Michigan uh, next weekend. Mm -hmm. Are we going to record while we're there? Probably not. Okay. No episode next week, just as a warning. Yep. We should probably hit topics. Yes, yes, I we mean, should. Like, I suppose we could literally just keep going on and on and on about this, but but we actually have topics. We have so many topics because we didn't record last week because we were both busy. Yeah, somebody was having a birthday party. What? Not Happy you. birthday! Did he have good Not, birthday parties? Yeah, it was good. Cool. Pretty came over, you know. Had some. We did some cookouts. Woo! Hung out with people. Uh, these last couple weeks, a lot of companies had their quarterly sales calls and, and like stock report calls. And so we have a few numbers that I, I know a certain co-host of mine does enjoy talking through and just listing facts and listing what people have purchased. Uh, the PS4 has now outsold the PS3. Ooh, it's not that surprising. I mean, eventually it was going to happen. 
Well, but you don't know. It's, it could be like, you know, the, the Wii, Wii U. Uh, yeah, the Wii U. <laughs> I, I, I still feel bad. I literally have the Wii U sitting here and like just I never use it. <laughs> ever. Ever, ever, ever. I'll probably bring the Switch with me, though, for next week. Ah. Because it, it travels really well because it's designed to. Well, of course, yeah. So PS4 has sold 82 million units. PS2 million units. Lifetime, the PlayStation 2 has sold 158 million units as of 2013. Because that, that was the thing to have. So the PS4 really is has shipped... <laughs> Okay, well, PS2 has not, like, the PS4 has not outsold the PS2 yet. No. PS2 was around for a long time, though. Wasn't it, like, 20-some-odd years? What? The PlayStation 2? Yeah. Andy, when did the PlayStation 2 release? Without looking it up. Oh, I, without looking it up? I'm not sure. 2000. Yeah. You want to try again about the PlayStation 2 being out for 20 years? Sorry, it was out for 13 years. There you go. I mean, that's still a long time. I will grant yes. you that. Like, that was a long time. But it it hasn't been 20 years. How could it have been out for 20? I would. I knew it was a long time. I just, I knew, I just aired too high. Wrong, wrong level of scale. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's the, 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 I mean, it was out for a long time. It was, it was the thing to have. I wonder, I assume they're counting both PS4 and PS4 Pro together in these numbers. Probably. Consolidated results, net income attributable to Sony Corporation stockholders per share is about a hundred, so it's a buck 40-ish, a buck 50-ish per share. Oh, there so it I'm is looking at these results by segments. Yeah. Yeah. So the game and network services is their number one sales. Yeah. Do you see what's number two? I uh, don't know where you're looking. What page? Uh, one, there it is. Two, Music. Assuming these are in order. No. They are not. Uh, quarter one. So games and network is 480. Uh, financial services? Yep. <laughs> the fuck? I don't also, even know what... I mean, what even, financial services does Sony have? Yeah, you, I don't. Huh? I guess that's like the I took a loan to get a PlayStation. Maybe Sony I don't financial know. Financial Holdings, the holding company for Sony's financial services businesses. Here we go. Sony Life Singapore, Sony Assurance, Sony Bank Incorporated. I that's that's where it would be. Sony has a bank. And makes a lot of money from it. That's what it seems. Sony Pictures. When it says Sony Pictures, is that Sony Movies or Sony Cameras? Um, I'm guessing... Oh, uh, cameras are probably imaging products. Ah, okay. So Sony Pictures is... Wait a minute. There's, uh, I guess, for quarters, right? I was going to say, like, there's no way that Sony Pictures operating income and, and is, like, that low. <laughs> Consolidated forecast... Jeez, there's a lot of information in here. They are expecting to do a lot of game sales. Oh, there's a breakdown for each network yep. statement. Okay, here we go. So we see what the heck this financial services segment. Significant increase in revenue at Sony Life. So they're also an insurance company? I guess so. Foreign exchange loss incurred at Sony Bank on foreign currency denomination customer deposit compared to a gain in quarter one. Sony Life is a Japanese insurance company founded in 1979, headquartered in Tokyo. Is the Sony Prudential Life Insurance is a joint venture between Sony and Prudential. Wow. You know, I always thought like those science fiction settings where you have a mega corporation that is everything was fiction. Nope. Evidently not. So yeah, you can buy a Sony PS4 to play on a your video Sony game based TV. off of a Sony picture movie that was recorded with Sony cameras. Play it on your Sony television. Just play it on your Sony television. In a house financed by a Sony bank. Yes. And if you get injured while playing it... You're, which could be insured by Sony as well. Uh, wow. You know, while listening to the Sony music yep. on your Sony stereo system. Okay, so it looks like Sony has 488 billion no okay so between cash and debt i see so cash on hand sony is is carrying debt they also have cash on hand it looks like they could actually use their cash and just pay off their debt completely but uh what do we have so on the left 
in the right three months, three months. Oh, it's 2018 versus 2017. Okay, I see. Um, Sony has 1,000 billion yen cash on hand. Basically a $10 billion. Okay, well then, they did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just on, on a slightly related topic, since we're talking about companies and their quarterly statements, yeah. you should check out the, uh, the stock ticker GAMR. The, what the frack? Equity index of global firms that support, create, or use video games. Oh. It's an ETF made up of video game companies. Huh. So if you think the video game industry as a whole is going to go up, spoiler alert, it's going to. Uh, you can you can invest in just this general stock, which then kind of levels out differences in like, oh, this company had a bad quarter and this company had a really good quarter. Hey, look at that. The spike went up right around E3. Yep. Yeah, the, the month, three month, and year to date are all pretty much flat. But one year, three year, and five year shows an increase. I mean, the industry is is just growing, right? Yes. And you know what's one of the things leading the charge? Uh, esports. Yes. Esports, esports, esports. This is the thing. And like, the, the sad part is people don't realize it yet. Yeah. Um, Blizzard was actually talking about uh, some of the, the esports and streaming and that sort of stuff there. Mm-hmm. And they say it has the potential to significantly expand the reach of our big screen experiences to audiences that don't have a console. Problem is, in dialogue with large global tech platform providers about their cloud infrastructure and potential streaming solutions, there are a number of important hurdles that will prevent streaming from becoming widely adopted. Yeah. So even the big video game companies are going, these ISPs suck. Yes, but we know that. Yeah, but it's it's fun to hear other big, huge companies go, take, <laughs> we, a, load, take, take a load of these guys. We would very much like net neutrality. You know, we could see this happening, but... These guys are these companies. Us. Yeah, yeah. These other companies are are causing issues. Yep. So uh, Activision Blizzard saying that because streaming is going to get hamstrung, that they are kind of leaning towards uh, the mobile experience. What? In what way? Uh, the major focus for expansion in the next few years for Activision Blizzard is mobile, says the COO of Activision Blizzard. Okay. Uh, as evidenced by its deal with Tencent to create a Call of Duty mobile game in China. We think it's a large opportunity. We have really deeply engaged communities who are really looking for experiences to have with them throughout the day. And when you look at our incubation pipeline or when we look at it, we really we get really excited about what the future can bring. So, yeah, so Activision Blizzard said, hey, get a load of these guys. We're going to do this instead. I'm thinking and I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm sitting here thinking, okay. don't mind me. I'm just trying to piece together whether or not it's a viable strategy. Bethesda's doing it too, right? What do you mean? Did you watch Bethesda's E3 stuff? Uh, I did not. Oh, oh, Andy. The beginning was terrible, but when... when <laughs> as as soon like, as Todd Howard came out, it was, it was friggin' amazing. So you're telling me it's like DS9. Uh, I didn't think the beginning of DS9 was terrible. I swear you told me that at one point the, the first like season or two were bad, and but it, then it got really good. The, the first season or two is slow, and, and they, they had to figure out what they were doing. It also gets a little weird by the end because it gets super spiritual. Oh, uh, with the... Um, Prophets. Yes. And the Pa Wraiths. Well, the same thing happened to Stargate. I still like DS9 a lot. I know you guys don't. Um, but anyway, they, um, I, well, I guess we haven't talked about this yet. Um, it's, what is it? Elder Scrolls Blades is a, a mobile first device that they're then bringing to other platforms as well. And it will be cross platform play. And the idea is you should be able to play this game however you want, wherever you want, whenever you want with other people. And it's gorgeous. I'm still fine with my own mobile gaming. Okay. You're a Marvel I'm, 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 I'm looking at screenshots here, and yes, it looks nice, but, you know, my, my battery already has problems. Yeah. So my phone actually has, has even deeper problems, I think, now than the battery. Okay. It's getting really hot really <laughs> fast. 
Like, I had to take it out of the case. If I start up a game that is anywhere near, like, intensive, mm-hmm. like, I just turned on Pokemon as I'm talking about this, and I can already feel on the phone a hot spot forming. It takes less than 10 seconds for the temperature to, spark, to start spiking. Oh, jeez. So, like, I don't know. I think my phone has a problem. <laughs> Probably. I wonder if it's still under warranty. When did I get this phone? Uh, other numbers. More numbers. I can throw a bunch of numbers around. For instance, I can throw around the, um, the, the, whatchamacallit. <laughs> really? The esports. We were okay. just talking about esports, right? Yes. Uh, the Overwatch League had their finals. Okay. One million dollar was the prize. I could see that. Like, the, the final prize. A million dollars. And it went to the London Spitfire. Nice. I wonder, for esports, like, if I wanted to start reporting on esports, seriously reporting on it, would it make sense to go to, like, journalism school? Would it make sense to go and and do the same training as other sports commentators and sports writers? I don't know. Are you you trying to go behind the scenes? Are you trying to do play-by-play? I, well, I'm not trying to do anything. Well, you you know, yes, you're going to report on esports. Okay. How? What? What's your angle? I, 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 I don't know. I don't do normal sports reporting to begin with. I don't actually like pay attention to that sort of thing. Do I need an angle? You always got to have an angle. I just want to tell people what's going on and make it seem interesting. Okay, so there's your angle is the, the layman's guide to esports. Okay, so I want to do that. What do I need to do? Well, first off, just start writing. Okay, and then what? My point is, like, where where would people go to learn to to do this sort of, like, is it, my real point is, is it a transferable skill from traditional sports writing? Writing is writing. It's it's all about the widgets. So you, you would maintain that a existing sports commentator could do esports commentating? It depends on if they're specialized, because a lot of the people, you know, started talking about some sport because they were really into said sport. So yeah, no, I can't take like a baseball writer and throw him into, you know, football. Yeah. And certainly not into esports. Okay. But given that, what then? Like, what else would they need? To know the games? Is that what it is? Know the games, know, you know, what what to actually look for, what the stories actually are. Like, okay, for an example, okay, so Tigers in Oakland last night was a one nothing game, extra innings, 13 <laughs> innings. Oh, that's a long game. Do you know what the story was of that, though? Nope. If you're thinking, okay, it was a one nothing game, 13 innings, what does that tell you? That I hate baseball. The game was tied 0-0 after 9, yeah. which means... It was one hell of a pitcher's duel, and if I remember correctly, if I look at the box score, I think the guy was throwing a perfect game into... Actually, I have to find the right one. Uh, Tigers. Let's see if Google can give me the box score. It tells me that I dislike baseball. Brett Anderson was throwing a perfect game through seven innings. That's that's your you know it's one of those things where you look at this and go oh okay you know it was, wait it was a one nothing game after thirteen innings that means you know pitchers were on fire the Tigers pitcher Blaine Hardy yeah seven innings one hit so you know you can look at this thing and go oh okay I know you know people look oh it's a one nothing game Ooh. well you gotta you gotta spin it with a pitcher's duel granted Tigers lost but you know. <laughs> What else is new? Yeah. The world of a Tiger fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I got nothing, man. I'm sorry. So, yeah. No, you, you got you to gotta somehow make it interesting. You got to take a one nothing game and be like, well, hey, you know, look at this. There was a, you know, I massive mean, The nice thing about it. esports is that typically happens in the game. Well, you could have a, a Dota match that is pretty stagnant. I, I'm, I'm okay, sure. They push the What's, lane. Yep, cool. They're, they're pushing the lane. Well done. Yep, they're yeah. pushing. Hey, guess what? They're pushing a lane. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta tell me, you know, how is that an exciting game? Yep. What's, what's, what's the nugget in that? That's fair. That's fair. Oh, can we at least agree that watching soccer is boring? Yes. Okay. <laughs> And we just alienated half the country. There goes our European audience. Yeah. Oh, European nothing, man. Like all of Seattle. Hell, Madison is about to get a football club. 
<laughs> Detroit's not. Well, no, Detroit has one. Uh, what were they? They were supposed to get something. Oh, I think they just have like a, a football club. I don't think that I think they were supposed to get an MLS team, but the MLS league told them, hey, we want an outdoor stadium. And Detroit said, sure. OK, we'll work on that. And they went and retrofitted Ford Field to be an indoor stadium. Mm-hmm. And MLS is like, but that's not what we wanted. <laughs> That's not what we told you guys. Yeah. And then they gave it, I think, to like Cleveland. Oh, did you see or hear about the the um, football game at Michigan Stadium? And by football, I mean soccer. The one that just happened. Yeah. I heard it was a madhouse. I mean, it, it was Michigan Stadium. Yep. It was the uh, like the international championships. And it was Manchester versus Liverpool. Mm -hmm. That's some pretty big stuff. Yeah, I heard that parking was through the roof. In terms of pricing? Yeah. Probably. Oh, wow. Four to one. Yeah. Liverpool did not hold back. No. (laughs) Manchester did not bring their best team. No. In Ann Arbor, Michigan. Which, for the players, had to be an experience, right? Like, most... Soccer pitches, stadiums, do not seat 120,000 people. Nope. Yeah, aren't we like one of the biggest outdoor stadium sizes? Michigan Stadium? Yeah, with the exception of like this one multi-purpose stadium in North Korea and the Daytona 500 or Indianapolis 500, whatever it is. Uh, Michigan Stadium's like the biggest stadium. 20th biggest sporting stadiums in the world. It is number two. Yep. And I think that number's outdated. Maybe not. Yeah. So there's a there's a uh, a stadium in North Korea that seats 114,000. And then there's Michigan Stadium. And then Penn State Stadium. And then and Ohio. Then the, yeah, the horseshoe. Yep. yep. So the, uh, yeah, I love that, you know, the top three of them. Yeah. Michigan Stadium, Penn State, and OSU. Yep. We take football seriously. Followed after by Texas and Tennessee and LSU and Alabama and then the other Texas. And then you finally get to the Melbourne Cricket Grounds in Australia. Uh, racetracks are not stadiums and not included here. So Sports venues by capacity. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. So Indianapolis Motor Speedway is 257,000 people. Yeah. That is huge. To be clear, that is twice the size of Michigan, two and a half times the size of Michigan Stadium. Like, that's enormous. Hell, even Michigan Speedway is bigger. Oh, come on. That's also just the permanent seats, too. There's no way 120,000 people go to the Derby. Really? Is it still that big? Fine. Well, Michigan Stadium is still on this list and still relatively high up. Mm-hmm. Plus, the uh, the Indianapolis Speedway is a giant oval. Yep. So, you know, the grandstands are pretty far apart. Michigan Stadium is surrounding a football field, which is a lot smaller. <laughs> than a Indianapolis 500 racetrack? Yes. Yes. You, you don't need to put a bunch of cars around Michigan Stadium driving in circles. Out of curiosity, are the, the, the wheels... On a NASCAR car, is the left side tires, are they smaller than the right side? No. Okay. It just feels like that might be a, a way to just save on wear and tear, because it's always going to be turning left, right? Well, yeah, but you're not you're not going around in a circle. It's an oval. Yeah. So there are straightaways. I suppose. So, you know, yeah, okay, sure. So if you're turning left, yes, the, you know. That's also what a differential is for, is to make sure that the wheels are spinning at different speeds. Yep. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so about those topics. So Fortnite's coming out on mobile devices. Yeah. Speaking of esports and streaming and such, um, it's coming out and on Android devices, but you cannot get it on Google Play. Why not? Because they don't want to pay the 30% store tax, is what they said. Really? Yes. Company CEO tells Game Industry that this is in part to build a direct relationship with all our customers, but that the decision is also motivated by economic efficiency. 
Namely, avoiding the need to pay Google a 30% cut of all revenue generated by the game. They don't want to pay their fine. No. That's interesting because they, I mean, so there's, there's paying Google 30% of the income, but still getting the other 70% versus not doing that at all. Am I, am I looking at this wrong? I'm sure Aaron will message me about it, especially since I've called him out by name. Well, Fortnite is huge, right? Yeah. So they're, they're thinking that, okay, you know, we already have a fan base. Yeah. So they're like, well, you know, we don't, you know, on an open platform, 30% is disproportionate to the cost of the services these stores perform, such as paying, processing, downloading, bandwidth, and customer service. They're like, screw it. We're just going to, you know, since Android's open, we're just going to oh, have people download directly okay. from us. I got So they, it's it's not that they're not releasing it on Android. They're just no, not No, no, they're releasing it, it on Android. They're, they're just, not putting it in the store. No, you're going to have to sideload it. I wonder if you could get around that getting around sideloading it so if i put in the store a fortnite downloader it's an app it's totally free and the only thing it does is downloads an apk that what's that gonna do well, you're not gonna be able to do any sort of purchases through there right the the apk is like the thing that they're telling people to go and download yes so i put something into the i being the the um who is it? unreal right epic epic games yeah. So I, as Epic Games, make an app, and the only thing the app does is it downloads a different APK and has instructions on how to install it. And I put that app on the store so that when people search for Fortnite, what they find is that downloader. Could that work? I don't know. Google gets 30% of nothing because I'm not making income from that because it's free. By the way, I suppose you could be much more nefarious about this, and as a third-party entity like you or me... We could do exactly the same thing, except put a price tag on it. Well, there are, that was one of the things that people have been talking about since this came out, was the fact that, okay, you guys, you know, you're trying to save your 30% cut, but you're opening up a lot of people to a lot of security problems. Yeah. For, and a lot of, you know, side-loading bad apps. actors. Absolutely. Because in order to sideload apps, you have to, on your phone and other mobile devices, Authorize, basically say, in, yeah, install from things that are not trusted. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the thing going around it's like okay we, we get you guys we and we understand what you're talking about but do you really want to do this yes they do yeah they don't want to pay that 30 percent nope granted you know they're making two billion in in-game purchases over the course of a year so you know that's a 30 percent of two billion is still a pretty decent chunk of change so speaking of money movie pass ran out of money yeah this is not something you want from your your company right like we have cash, we have a product, we have a way to make money. Uh, wait a minute, where'd the cash go? <laughs> so MoviePass, as Andy and I have talked about recently, have really expanded their their opportunity and it makes it worth it for the consumer to do it now. Except by making it worth it to the consumer, they haven't really figured out how to make it worth it to themselves. MoviePass is, is really one of those things where it, de- like, it is dependent on what I refer to as the the gym. The gym membership thing. Yeah, like the, the gym membership business plan. And they haven't quite figured that out yet <laughs> because they made it too tempting and people are doing it. And so they ran out of money. And as soon as they ran out of money, they couldn't provide tickets. This is problematic. Yes, yes, this is, because somebody needs to pay for the tickets. Yeah, so people started getting their their um, tickets declined because MoviePass wasn't able to pay for them. <laughs> oops. Yep. That's all. Just, you know, oops. <laughs> I can't tell if you're laughing at MoviePass or your son. And I'm guessing it's the latter. Yes, it's the latter. He's sitting there with a giant two liter just basically playing his gate. <laughs> he's just holding it and he's just banging against it with this big smile on his face. Oh, looking forward to getting to spend some time with you guys. Good news is Isaac slept through the night last night, too. Yeah, so it's only the milder thing of where you wake up and you're like, wait a second, he's not making any noise. He's not upset. Is everything okay? (laughs) He's not upset. Is everything okay? Yeah. Oh, we're not going to get much sleep, are we? No, it hasn't been too bad. Okay. Keeping in mind that we we traditionally like sleep until 10. Well, Isaac got up this morning around 8. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of naps. 
not just for Isaac. Hey, man, that's I've I've done times at the cottage like that where you just you read a book, you fall asleep, you wake up, you read a book, you fall asleep. Oh, it's, that's that's what I do the entire weekend. Are you kidding? Like that's why I go to this thing. This is it's, it's just like there's friends, there's conversation, there's food, and you can just like fall asleep on the couch. Yep. No one cares. Nope. None of us have any like. I mean, I, I guess now we have responsibility in that we have to take care of of Isaac. But beyond that, there's there's no responsibility. As long as someone's awake, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So I got two little bits of news here that uh, shouldn't be surprised to anybody. Okay. Uh, the first one is that piracy is down in the UK, according to a music report. Okay, so uh, internet privacy, uh, piracy. Yes. Okay. Uh, one in ten, so uh, illegal uh, downloads in the UK went down from 18% in 2013 to 10%, uh, with 22% of those who get their music illegitimately saying they do not expect to be doing so in five years because it's easier to stream it. Yep. Amazing. It was never about paying things. It was about access to things. Yes. What a surprise. If you give people easy access to the things they want, they'll buy it. Yes. Yeah. 44% of respondents saying that they only download songs illegally when they can't access them elsewhere. What? Crazy. And the other uh, surprising news, college students who um, use electronic devices during lecturers tend to lead to lower grades. You mean if I sit there and spend time on my laptop, I'm not going to do as well as the people who are, you know, paying attention? Yeah. For one term, electronic devices were banned in half the lectures and permitted in the other half of the psychology class at Rutgers University. Uh, When the devices were allowed, students reported whether they had used them for non-learning purposes during the lecture. Yes, having an electronic device wasn't associated with lower student scores in comprehension tests within the lectures, but was associated with at least a 5% lower score in end-of-term exams. Now, was that including people who use the laptops only for educational purposes? Like, what's the breakdown there? I'd have to actually log into the study and try and, ugh, I don't. Okay, because I, I just want to know, like, they, they asked people, did you use it for non-academic purposes? And I want to know what the effect of that was. Did the people who used it non-academically, I mean, they, they certainly did worse, but did the people who used the device academically do any worse or any better? have to, hold, I'm trying to see if I can actually get to the actual study. 19, blah, blah, blah. One group was allowed to have them, one wasn't. Of note, students who didn't use the device but were in the same classroom with those who did also scored lower. Distractions? Yep. So, yeah, I know I'd have to dig into the actual, but yeah, there's another fun tidbit. Even if you're not actually using it, if you're in a room with them, their scores also went down. Once again, I'm not shocked. Yeah, I don't don't think anyone is. No. How many times am I talking to somebody and they're looking at their cell phone and, you know, you do that? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Mm -hmm. sorry. What were you saying? Sorry, I was reading my Google alerts on Tesla. What what is... um What's what's Tesla have to do right now? Uh, Actually, if you can't answer that, you haven't been paying attention to Tesla. Tesla had their earnings call and it was um, labeled as one of the most um, profitable apologies ever. Was this the apology to the cave guy? Was this an apology to? Yeah, I think so. Like it was essentially Elon Musk apologizing for being Elon Musk. Because he's kind of an asshole. He's also brilliant and he's very driven and I I have mixed feelings on him. He's also an asshole. And uh, he apologized and the stock jumped because he apologized. So now what? I don't know. That's that's Tesla's stock continues to just be priced out of what they're actually doing. Is it? It's hard to tell. Single share of Tesla is at 348. Yeah. That just seems crazy. For a company that can't make money yet? Yeah. Did you ever watch the um, South Sea Bubble? No. There's a really, really great video uh, done by the Extra History people. So these are the folks who do extra credits that they sometimes dabble and do like topics in history. Okay. And they did one on, on the South Sea Bubble which at one point was a company valued more than uh, essentially at the time valued more than what almost like a third of the U.S.'s GDP is today. Oh, geez. okay. Single company that didn't make a profit because it was a single company that didn't have a product. It was all a scam. 
So it's worth watching. Uh, it's it's in installments. It's like five episodes long. They're only about five to ten minutes each, and it's definitely worth watching. Hmm. All right. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, anything you want to hit before the randoms? Let me go back to my list of stuff. Uh, there's this thing about like Spectrum and Charter in New York, which is kind of a big deal, but I don't know that we need to talk about it right now. Um, New York may have done a, a take back on the yes, you can merge between Charter and Time Warner Cable. So New York said, yeah, you guys can merge. You can you can buy each other. And then they did. And then New York is like, you know what? You lied. Like most of the stuff you said you would do, you're not doing. You have to sell the thing that you bought. Wow. Repeated failures to meet deadlines, attempts to skirt obligations to serve rural communities, unsafe practices in the field, its failure to com- commit its obligations under 2016 merger agreement, and the company's purposeful obfuscation of its performance and compliance obligations to the commission and its customers. What? Yeah. ISPs not giving you the whole truth? What? Crazy. There was a thing I actually just saw recently about AT&T selling slower than advertised DSL speeds, and they're just like, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Tens of millions of people in the AT&T and Verizon service territories can only buy slow DSL internet from the companies, yet they often have to pay the same price as fiber customers. Yes. AT&T has been charging $60 a month for DSL. They also charge $60 a month for these 50 megabits per second and 75 megabit per second download tiers of their fiber service oh not good not good no isps in rural america man yeah they get hosed heck i get hosed here luckily freaking charter came into town i'm sitting there thinking like i'm not really that rural of you know an area what's the population density of that's kalamazoo yeah population statistics thank you no population density Density is... Come on, you're going to tell me? Estimate of the Kalamazoo population is 75,807. Density is 3,000 per... er, Yeah, 3,000 per square mile. What's the U.S. average density? No, not average income. Stupid Google. U.S. average population density... Most densely populated state is New Jersey with 1,205 people per square mile. So, Portage itself is on average denser than the state of New Jersey. Okay. And yet, you know, we still just had our one option for internet usage. Yeah. Well, I mean, Andy, I have one option for internet usage. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. It is a city of 260,000 people. It's just ridiculous sometimes. Technically, there are two providers in the area, but I'm outside the range of one of them by like three blocks. Otherwise, I would switch. There's a fiber in the area. There's a fiber, and I can't get to it because I'm like three blocks away. Oh, Madison is market 101. Okay. Kind of gives me an idea where you are in population size for the radio market. Oh, radio market. Okay. I assume that's pretty high. Well, you're just outside the top 100. Yeah. Uh, Just to give you an idea, Reno, Nevada is 97. So that kind of gives you a close neighbor of where you're at. Sorry, we're making faces at the baby right now. Uh, should we go to our randoms? Randoms? Yep. Yes. All right, random review, Dave. It's uh, your review. I bought a coffee maker. I didn't think I would, but I did. I bought a coffee maker. I got a Keurig. <laughs> so not only did you buy a coffee maker, you bought a Keurig. I bought a Keurig. It is the Keurig K Elite series. It's really good. It's it's so useful. And like it's small. It sits on the counter. It is a unit tasker. I'm not exactly thrilled about that. Uh, but we we bought the Keurig. We got it on Prime Day. It was on seat discount. Well, it's it's less of a one task item than my K. I think what mine's now considered a K select. K select. Yeah, is what mine would be considered because uh. I have the older Keurig. What do you? If I remember correctly, the K Elite you can you can do like straight just hot water, right? Yeah, it has a hot water button, which is actually really cool. Uh, it has a hot water button. It has a a like make it stronger button, which I have no idea what that does. I'm not sure how it can make the strong brew. Does it just like not put as much water through it? I don't know. It's a strong brew Keurig. See if that uh, the K2 increases strength by increasing the brewing time. Okay. Oh, I must fill it, but not let it empty. Yeah. I see. Oh, For a regular 8-ounce K-cup, the K500 took 40 fu- 43 seconds to brew. For a strong cup, quote-unquote, the number increased to 1 minute and 15 oh, seconds. Oh, so that adds like another 30 seconds of brew time. Yep. 
Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with it. Um, it comes in all these different sizes. It has the option to like make it iced, which the the actual thing doesn't do anything for making it iced, but it brews it a little stronger. Uh, it's it's just it's really well done. It is. Um, unfortunately, it is K cups. Yep. So I've gotten really good at taking apart K cups. Because you need to. Uh, what, what we've discovered, and I don't know, because you, you have a Keurig, right? Yes. Do you recycle your K-Cups? Uh, I can, I used to actually, when I had the, um, I used to use the San Francisco ones, the ones that I had talked about that were like completely biodegradable. Yeah. Those I didn't worry about cause they were completely biodegradable. Okay. Like the, the, the stuff was all made out of corn fiber and such. Yeah. These guys, I have not, I haven't looked at recycling the K-Cups. I don't even know if we could with our current recycling system in the city. So if you take them apart... They should be recyclable. But that means you have to remove the foil, get the coffee grounds out, get the filter out. And so we've, we've gotten pretty good at this. Also, by the way, uh, you are you still composting? Uh, yes. Do you want like a few pounds of ground coffee beans? I could throw them in there, sure. Okay, I, I may bring you some used ground coffee, because otherwise they're just going in my garden straight. Which also, I mean, it works, it's fine, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our composter is kind of like a magic box. You keep on adding stuff to it, but it doesn't seem to ever be getting, like, fuller. So I'm like, where's all this stuff going? Um, you notice the yeah, funky smells in the area? No, it, it doesn't really smell all that bad That's either. That's good. Just, you know. That's good. Do you, do you use the dirt that comes out of it? We haven't actually gotten enough dirt out of it yet. <laughs> You've had it for a year. Yeah. How long does it take to compost? I don't know. I'm new to this whole composting thing. <laughs> I'm just sitting here imagining, like, some other person is coming by and, like, rolling the drum and then taking the dirt. And that's why it's never filling up. And you're just sitting there going, like, I, I thought I'd have dirt by now. Yeah, I put my green stuff in and put my brown stuff in and I, do, I spin it and then I let it sit there and it just, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, anyway, we we settled on this one. This is a it's a really nice Keurig machine. Uh, it does allow the um, fill your own cups. So remember, Keurig added like this layer of security and DRM. Yeah, they stopped that after a while. Yeah, well, this doesn't have it, so that's really Good. nice. So I can we did buy some extra cups. Uh, and just went to uh, to the store and bought a bunch of, of pre-ground coffee, actually. So now we need to go, we need to do, like, taste tests and figure out which ones we like and which ones we don't. I gotta say... Yeah, the, I'm kind of annoyed the uh, Costco has stopped carrying the San Francisco cups. Yeah. You can check on Amazon. I could, but the price is probably not as good as... Um, Costco? Kirkland, yeah. Uh, the Kirkland stuff is fine for me. Okay. Yeah, as I'm sitting here drinking my Kirkland coffee right now. We we it came with the um, Laughing Man Colombian from Hugh Jackman, hmm. and that was pretty tasty too. It was really good coffee. Now here's my question for you. Yeah, your water reservoir. Yeah, does it never actually get empty when it tells you you need to add more water? I mean, it's still kind of full when it says add water. Like there's there's definitely enough in there for at least another cup, maybe even two. And it says, hey, you need to add more water. Yeah, but that's fine because we keep it next to the sink. Well, my annoyance with that is when I put you know there I see water in the reservoir. I turn it on and it says, hey, yeah, no, nope, I'm ready to brew. And so yeah. I put my coffee mug in there. I put the thing in there and I hit the button and it starts to brew. And then it stops and says, add more water. And I'm just like, really? Oh, yeah. mine's never stopped halfway through. Yeah, mine's mine stopped and said, I need to add more water. And I, sometimes, I, you know, for a while, I literally, you know, had a marker on the reservoir to kind of figure out what the level was. Yep. So I knew, OK, if it's below this level, even though, it's, you know, water still in the you reservoir, fill it. I need to fill it because otherwise it's not going to let me brew my coffee. Yep. I'm wondering if there's a way to get, like, an expanded reservoir. Like I looked at that as well. I couldn't find anything. I would have to probably 3D print my own. Yeah, 3D print your own or, like, modify the existing one. Well, at that point, if I'm going to modify the existing one, I'm just going to tap into the... Uh, the water line. The water line and just put a, uh, a bulb spigot on there in a cage. A bulb spigot? Yeah, so one of the floating bulb things. So, you know, if water level drops below it, the bulb will lower and then the water will come out. Ah. The bowl, you know, when water level rises, ball will float up and plug. Yeah. Okay, that would be interesting. 
That's the simplest way to do it. Yeah. You know, literally one moving part. And just tie a ball. It into the, the main water line. Yeah. And then never worry about filling it again. Yep. Uh, I wonder how much would a... So it's Keurig K-Elite. If I wanted to get a replacement reservoir... Reservoir. How the hell do you spell spare reservoir? Parts. It's in the spare parts of them thing there. Spare parts. Replacement 48-ounce water reservoir lid for K-Classic Brewing Systems. That's what I got. Okay. Where are you looking for spare parts? On the Keurig website. Ah, I'm not on the Keurig website. Ah. Single serve. Yep, good. Replacement water reservoir and lid for K-Elite Coffee Maker, $25. That's not bad. 25 bucks to like just have it and then start messing with it and seeing what you could do. I'm kind of tempted to try that. Where would I tap the water, though? I don't know. Like, I'd have to I'd have to get a plumber to add in another line. Probably. But that would be pretty cool, never having to worry about it again. We did that with our coffee machine at work, was somebody had tapped the line and then used it for our coffee maker. Hmm. I wonder how much a plumber would charge. I'd also have to, like, drill a hole through the granite. Yeah, bet you would. That would be less fun. Okay, I might play with that idea. I was thinking of just, like, hanging a bag of water and just having it fill. Ooh, I could get the extra large 60-ounce flip-top water reservoir. I don't know (laughs) if that would actually fit my unit or not. Uh, I don't know. 50% more water. So you fill it half as often? Yep. But then you'd have to go back through and do all the, the measuring again. Well, what I do now is I mainly, as part of my prep for the next day, make sure that I just fill the reservoir. Ah. And make sure, you know, I've got coffee pods, you know, in the container. Yep. So a hundred and how much is this right now? The K Elite? Yeah. Ah, uh, I closed it. Where did it go? Got the K-Elite for 170 on their website. I got it for less because I got it during Prime Day and it was on sale. Oh, good. It's got the removable tray so I could actually fit my mug in there. Yep. So I got it for coming to it somewhere along the way, $104. That's not bad. That's about the price of a classic right now. Yep. And it came with the 48-pack of the, the Laughing Man coffee. Oh, that's even... It's not bad either. Yeah, it was essentially, I got it half off. So it was the deal of the day during Prime Day. Definitely was worth it. Now, have you set it for the auto on, auto off stuff? I haven't, but I think I might now that I know that's there. Hmm. All right. Well, yep. that's that's the review. It's tasty. All right. It's good coffee. It's good coffee machine. Yeah. Random. I can easily knock out a cup for myself pretty dang quickly yes that that is the unfortunate thing it might make it too easy why so you drink more coffee yeah i didn't drink coffee at home very frequently i drink a lot at work but i did not drink coffee at home but now we do so that's i just have i have my one mug in the morning and then i have uh because the the work only has folgers Mm -hmm. it's not good Mm. i i can't drink the coffee at work it's just so bad Mm -hmm. so i just have you know coffee in the morning and i have try to have just one mountain dew can at lunch and that's it okay all right so random topic yes what is your favorite sunday cartoon comic from the newspaper not from the internet foxtrot really yeah absolutely it's freaking hilarious bill amend is an like an incredible nerd and comedian oh yeah i know i can see that yeah yeah, Foxtrot, absolutely. I was going to go with um, The Far Side. Far Side is also good. Yeah. I, I do not disapprove of that. Foxtrot. I, like, Calvin and Hobbes, to be honest. Also, these aren't Sunday cartoons. They're just, they're, they're syndicated cartoons. Um, Calvin and Hobbes, but he's he's done. He's not doing those. No. Yeah, Far Side's done. Uh, but last I knew, Foxtrot is still being produced. He's keeping it current. It's funny. Non sequitur is always funny. Non sequitur is funny. Um, I think non sequitur is still going on. Yep, non sequitur is still going. So that's good. Uh, who else is good? Bizarro is good. Granted, that's more of a single pain, kind of like Far Side. So here's the question: When was the last time we actually looked at the Sunday comics in a paper? Um, a couple weeks ago, I was at my parents. They have a Sunday paper. Yeah, Foxtrot's still funny. All right. 
Foxtrot. I'm going to go with Farside, Non-Sequitur. Both of those are really good. All right. Well, uh, I guess uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.